The Anything But Quiet Time podcast where we're loud, proud, and share our quiet time. Yeah, we get the irony. Loud, loud, and quiet time. Loud, proud, and share our quiet It doesn't have a certain ring to no, it. No, it doesn't. You had the, you had me at the first two. You had me at the first <laughs> two. Because they rhyme? Okay, well, because it's loud, an expression. proud, yeah. and sowed. No. Pigged? What does that even mean? No, no, that didn't work. Okay, so we are here ready to talk about what we've gone through spiritually. Any thought, any biblical verse? Yes, and saying that helps to temper the fact that I just said the word sowed, which is not a word. You so you chose to go back to it. I can't let it go. Okay. Maybe that should be a part of the quiet You bring up um your own malfeasance (laughs) for malfeasance sake. Uh, just the more awkward it becomes, maybe the funnier it gets like Will Ferrell comedy. You know, maybe it'll just last. Let me go ahead and Google definitions for sound. <laughs> uh, no, by the way, this is through Hope On Demand. We are so excited about all that's going on at Hope On Demand. Other podcasts, uh, there are devotionals and blogs, uh, just great inspiration for your day. Mm-hmm. And you'll walk away more than likely with something. A little nugget. With a lesson. Mm-hmm. And I got encouraged the other day by a pastor because I often, maybe you do too, I often expect to leave church or expect to read my Bible and walk away with a, ah, okay, now I know what to do. Like you had a whole meal. Yes. And he encourages, we've had him on before, his name is Mike Winger with the Bible Thinker podcast. And he encouraged, he said, listen, don't look at your quiet time, your time with God mm-hmm. um, as a, as fast food, mm-hmm. because we think that we're going to sit down, read a couple of verses. Oh, that applies to this. Perfect. Thanks, God. See you later. Okay. But you, if you've you know, read your Bible enough or spent enough days in your life reading your Bible, you've probably closed it and gone, yeah, I'm not sure what to take away from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he encouraged, look at doing you're reading your bible or even praying or maybe a worship service you know as you gain an ingredient look at it as cooking from home Mm. you walked away and you've gained an ingredient there is a verse that is now hopefully somewhere in the back of your mind hopefully it's in your heart and then at a future date you might gain another ingredient and another ingredient and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you find yourself in that life situation and you have the ingredients you need for that crazy storm. And I had never, because I put so much pressure and expectation on myself of if I sit down, especially, you know, if you in the Old Testament or or maybe something confusing that, you know, a certain disciple wrote or whatever, you go, yeah, how does that apply to my, you know, parent life or my work life? And eventually there's going to be enough verses culminate with you that it will. Uh, and, and it might even that day, you, there are days you walk away going, wow, I needed that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, God sent that express, but then there are going to be days. It's like, I'm going to need that in the future. And yeah. that, that's how I'm going to walk away from this. I like, I, we kind of talked about this before you and I, and even the pressure, can you imagine that your spouse would feel if you put that kind of expectation on your relationship with like, Hey, you're super important to me. Mm-hmm. And I have this amount of time with you from point A to point B while we're driving to that gas station to get gas in our car. I want my world to change drastically. I want it to be so rocked by the moments we spend in the car. I know. And your spouse would be like, I I, uh, I enjoyed a good sandwich today. That's exactly the example I was going to use. I had a sandwich. (laughs) 
Wow. It's yeah. not always going to be that way. But that's just life. That's relationship. And God wants to do life with us. Mm. It's like it, it goes way past the point A to point B journey of my devotional time in the morning, my quiet time with him. Mm. I want to be with you all day, Rochelle. Mm. Right. Well, I like what your I believe it's what your dad said. In whatever he does, he brings God along with him. How do you, oh, yeah. Like, like going to movies or anything? He taught me that from a very young age because my grandfather, who I love and is with Jesus now, I once challenged my grandpa on his words because he said, if there's a movie in it that has one bad word in it, that movie is trash. Oh, okay. He yeah. was very rigid. That probably was a lot to do with his upbringing. And I was not of that same philosophy. It's just like when you search for the diamonds in the midst of coal, mm. you may have to scrounge a bit to find them. But in the midst of that coal sample is this gorgeous nugget that you can walk away with. Sure. And so I'm like, Grandpa, what, what do you do it? So the point being, my dad kind of grew from from my grandfather's way of thinking and thought, you know what? I can bring Jesus with me into every scenario of life, whether it's sitting next to me in the movie theater with the movie that has some questionable content, but there are diamonds along the way mm -hmm. or any anywhere I go. So I'm having, yeah, I'm having tacos or I'm, you know, going to go to the YMCA to work out where it is. You bring Jesus, you don't leave him anywhere. Yeah, that would be an interesting standard to have of so you can't watch Saving Private Ryan. You know, yeah, to remember what those men did. And, oh. and yet the violence in it is, I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen it. The first scene is horrendous. Yeah. And and the uh, actual survivors of Normandy say, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Or, was, or even not quite, honestly. They of commended the Spielberg, I think, for making it spot on. But a lot of them, it triggered PTSD. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Uh, I remember leaving the theater after watching Saving Private Ryan. Uh, this kind of going off on a tangent, but I, I'll never forget. Some folks just sat there. Mm. After the credits had rolled, it was over. And they just sat yeah, because it, of what they had just witnessed. Well, and, but the diamond is mm -hmm. walking away with such appreciation for our men and women that serve our country. Oh, my word. Yes. And and so, you, I mean, to, to that point, and then in every situation, yes. it's that balance of being in the world mm -hmm. and understanding and being in the culture, but not of the culture. And that's why you have to take Jesus with you, because here's the problem. If you keep saying, well, that's fine. I can go to this movie. So you hear either one extreme way, never go see the movie, mm -hmm. or the other way, oh, I can go see the movie. I'm yeah. taking Jesus with me. Wait, well, wait. Uh, some movies, it's uh, there's not any diamonds in there. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. Let's, yeah, I think you can then become desensitized to things. The Holy Spirit will also alert you. Mm. Danger yeah. Will Robinson. Yeah. This ain't for you, kid. And I have also discovered in my life's experience, uh, especially with my husband, I may be watching a movie with him. And I'm like, there are no diamonds in this film. We need to turn this off. And he goes, honey, actually, please don't judge me. I'm in this moment receiving a diamond. Mm. Oh. Okay. That's yeah. important to, the like, especially now he turned it off immediately in the moment. He's like, I totally want you to know I'm respecting you mm. and how you're feeling right now about this. I don't feel the same way, but I want you to know I'm respecting the situation, yeah. the circumstances. Yeah. I'll go back later. And maybe watch it on my own. It's really hard because if you draw that to its conclusion, that's not always true. Mm. I can't sit here and just FYI, if there's little ears, I can't sit here, walk in and somebody's watching a pornographic film. Oh, yeah. Go, what are you doing? And then they go, it's OK. I'm, I'm finding the diamond. You know, there's Jesus with me. Like you can't <laughs> like, no, like right. you can't do that. There are boundaries here. And so and but the tough part is figuring out where are the boundaries? What's the gray area and what is really black and white? Yeah. Well, you have to 
you have to have a level of trust with your your partner in that instance. I think um, with with Sammy, I I know him to be a God fearing man. Mm. He's the best man I know. Hopefully, you can say that about your spouse too. Is the best woman, best man I, that you know. Um, I can trust that if he is telling me legit, I don't feel the same way. Okay, all right, mm. and and then you know I would even go so far as to say my husband may have changed his opinion since that moment Mm -hmm. and reflecting back on what his wife had shared and expressed and perhaps he never went back and watched that said movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now i'm not referring to pornographic films at all right because no no i i think in that instance you are not you're never going to find a diamond there that's only hurting right right your relationship that's that's not a, a good thing but uh with other stuff that you're like i like if it's so violent Maybe, you know, my mom would never be able to watch Saving Private Ryan. And it's not because she doesn't understand the nature of war. She had siblings that fought. Mm. Yeah. And I think it it would trigger such horrific memories. It's so hard to know what they endured. Even after they came back home, she would not be able to experience that. Well, and my, my dad's had to learn, hey, that's sure. her boundary. I need to respect that. So. Well, and that's where there's a podcast I don't know, October of last year, if you want to go back and listen, um, uh, that we did on Romans 14. Mm-hmm. And there are all these instances where you feel this way, I feel this way, yeah, and that's okay. And we shouldn't condemn each other. And we talked about all that, but even if you just want to look it up, Romans 14 is a great place to go on. It's okay to not to feel different ways in many categories. Absolutely. Um, but the other thing I had was, in regards to the quiet time, the time with God, and maybe you walk away not feeling, I'll tell you, you know, uh, maybe not a specific instance, but many times I've heard people and seen people during worship get this spiritual high. Okay. And it kind of gives me doubts of like, am I not doing well enough? Am I not feeling it? Okay. Am I not feeling the spirit or, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And I think even even if it's not a comparison thing, even if you just walk away from day after day of quiet time, if you've been in a rut, it may give you doubts uh, of anything Mm. of maybe it's if God loves you or if God's real. And we've talked about the evangelical movement before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of people that are it's really two different uh, scenarios. I mean, it's a range, but there are people that say, I'm really mad about how the American church is doing things uh, being political, uh, mega churches, uh, anything like that. So I'm choosing to do my faith on my own and never walk into a church again. And the other side of it is people that say on the evangelical movement, um, I don't believe in God anymore. Hmm. And so you kind of have this range. And we've talked about how it can be worrisome. It can be frustrating. There can bring empathy because we've all gone through doubt in some way. And um, there was a uh, an artist. By the way, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, Carter, you brought up really good stuff about doubt and and how God yeah. God has compassion for us in those moments. Oh, so man. if you didn't check that one out last week, I like that one. Well, and it's it's proof by this verse that I'm about to share as well, and how we should treat each other. Uh, because recently there was there's a, a hip hop group called the Cross Movement, mm-hmm. and they were one of the early pioneers of Christian hip hop. Mm. And if, you know, if you're in, into it now or know any of the names now, you know, there ne- wouldn't necessarily be a Lecrae and an Andy Minio and, um, you know, I think a T-Bone and KB and all of these people that have come after the cross movement. 
and it was a, a group. So it was, I think three or four guys. One of them who has even gone to seminary, gone to Bible college now said, I'm not a Christian anymore. I just legitimately don't believe. Hmm. And he said he had too many questions that he never got answered and it's over for him, for his faith. Hmm. And, um, you look at a story like that and, you know, I think about my child and I think about him seeing stuff like this, people leaving the faith. It's scary. And I saw another hip hop artist, a KB, he posted a reminder of what Jude one twenty two says. Actually, mm. Jude is just one chapter. It's in the New Testament of the Bible. It's next to last. It's right before Revelation. I hate to say this, but if you ever have to write in seminary a paper on a book of the Bible, Jude being the shortest one in the New Testament may be the way to go. There you go. And if you want to pick the shortest verse, Jesus wept. Boom. Done. <laughs> See? Uh, this one says this. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Now, it goes on. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution, mm-hmm. hating the sins that contaminate their lives. So we can get into this culture war where people that aren't necessarily Christians or fringe Christians, if you will. Mm-hmm. Bible says not to judge. Eh, Bible says not to be pious about judgment, but it, it, we're about we're to be called to do life with others. Yeah. Pull them from the flames of judgment. Uh, do so with great caution and showing mercy, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Mm. Now, that's all a great conversation for another day. But that first verse, you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Mm. And trying to look at this ex-evangelical movement or anybody that has doubts, because we've all I know we've all had doubts, but doubts to the point of renouncing Christ, Mm -hmm. denouncing Christ, um, to have mercy on people that are in that situation. And we talked about this on our radio show about um, from people leaving faith. But then we got an email from somebody that said that verse slapped me right in the face when you Mm -hmm. shared that, because I found evidence that my wife is lying about her drinking again. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'm going to leave her. And now... I feel God telling me I need to stay and be patient and work things out. You see the power of any, that verse of of any situation, whether it's specifically leaving faith or whether it's, I need to show mercy to those whose faith is wavering because they're caught in this or that. Yeah. And man, what a reminder that we need with that. It's yeah. I had this thought. (laughs) I looked it up. It's not original, but it was to me. Practice makes patient. Mm, Yeah. So, but they've done it again and again and again. What, I'm just supposed to forgive that? Well, Jesus's words to his disciples were, yes, Mm -hmm. 70 times 7, implying always forgiving people. Uh, Practice makes not perfect, because we're human beings, and Jesus is the only one who can make us perfect. Mm. But practice makes patient. And that patience, we we start engaging that gift of the Holy Spirit. And now we have, I think, compassion just follows it. And I, here's what I believe when the Bible talks about judging, when it says judge not lest ye be judged, which is such a huge quotable verse, and it gets thrown around a lot of different forums. Yeah. I believe they're talking about condemnation. Yeah. So it's telling me, don't condemn people to hell. Mm-hmm. We can't. We literally can't. No, you can't. So why even mess around with the, the you know, the words? Mm-hmm. Don't be doing that. Judge not lest you be judged. Or you will be judged according to the very judgment that you're judging others. Basically saying, if you deem them worthy of hell, you yourself are deeming yourself worthy of hell. 
Because we are anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. true. And maybe I didn't say that exactly right, but I, hopefully you get the no, gist I of what I'm saying. I agree with that. I agree with that. So uh, I, I really love, I love what you're sharing. And um, Well, can I say one thing? Uh, sure. Because I know you're going to talk about um, what you're going through. Uh, it usually re- reminded me, um, what was the example, because I'll make it, I'll make it to this conversation, but you shared an example of, uh, oh, the glitter bomb guy. Glitter bomb guy. Yeah. So of how we can see. So this guy, we'll t- talk about the glitter bomb guy and I'll explain why I'm bringing Well, this up. you knew about glitter bomb guy way before I did. And I think I had heard whisperings online about glitter bomb guy. Mm-hmm. But this guy said, you know what? He'd worked for NASA. He's worked for all the big wigs in, in our country. And I think he thought, I'm going to do something about these guys who are porch pirates. Yeah. Yeah. And he devised a glitter bomb that if people steal in the package, they open it and it spouts glitter everywhere. It makes a mess. And, yeah, and glitter's hard to get. Uh, it's hard uh, to get out. That's right. And he found biodegradable. So it's very PC and all this. It's it's actually quite ingenious now. He's got like, I think he's working on his fifth model. He's continuing to do videos and it's been getting close to 10 years, I think. And how he can make these videos is not because he's following people around with a camera per se, but he has cameras in built in to the glitter bomb. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be so funny. It's going to be so funny. And then I realized this is going to affect you differently than maybe my husband's one of those things where maybe my husband's laughing and I'm not. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. And even it wasn't my husband laughing because we both sat there very somberly watching this video. And I realized there's a child who had stolen one of these packages and you overhear them because of the recording capability of the thing. You overhear him gloating to his mother. It felt really good. Stealing. And the mom has an an opportunity there. But she doesn't take it to teach the lesson. Perhaps she was never taught. She says, well, don't don't say that. Besides, that's my present to myself. That's mommy's Christmas present. Mm. And then she opens it and there's glitter everywhere and does the thing. I was so saddened by that, but there was something that happened. Is that what you're talking about? What happened? Well, the fact that we watch all of these people mm-hmm. stealing. Yeah. And it feels like what society coming to. So negative. Nobody's good anymore. Everybody's just horrible. Mm-hmm. And the guy, he was very clear. He said, I want to state that 90% of the people that were involved in this somehow, whether they walked by a package that we had you know, purposefully set out in front of the mailbox area in the neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. hoping that somebody would porch pirate grab it, you know, or it was somebody who walked by seeing the package on the porch and just kept walking. 90% of people did the right thing. Yeah. But there is, there is a percentage of people who are are not doing the right thing. And we get tunnel vision Mm -hmm. where we hear what uh, the media says, or what uh, uh, Facebook, especially, well, you know, that's the juiciest story, isn't it? So it it gets the lead, or it gets the most clicks or comments because it's divisive. And when I see people say, "Well, this is your sin, so you're going to hell," mm. I find that we'll say ninety percent of the time, it's people that. I don't find to be true Christ followers anyway, mm-hmm. or at least I don't see the fruit, right? Because then I see, I just read the conversation and they at the very least don't know the Bible or you click on their profile and it's like, yeah, you got a lot going on too. I mean, I'll just say that. (laughs) And I, and while, while any of us, we can all think back to whether it's this topic or anything, 
We've said things that we regret. Obviously, Christians are capable of that too. Real, authentic, genuine faith Christians are capable of saying on the wrong day, yeah. commenting on Facebook, well, you know what? You, God sees you as, yeah, it's, everybody's capable. But I think just the encouragement is it's those fringe, loud, vocal minority comments that people that may or may not be true Christ followers anyway. Mm that are maybe even more politically loud and just say, well, I'm Christian because I'm American. I, I just see the loudest people not necessarily representing the actual body of Christ. Well, in the word Christian, I was reminded of watching a service the other day, um, Max Cato's church, they were sharing about the word Christian could mean such a various amount of things nowadays. Yeah. It could mean where you live. Yeah. It could mean what your background is. It could mean your faith. It could mean... Uh, even your moral principles are Christian-based, but not sure. necessarily adhering to the teachings of Christ. That's true. All the way in terms of, I believe he's the son of God. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was fascinating. Um, and so I, I just say that as an encouragement, mm -hmm. of because I get discouraged when I read those comments. I go, oh, what are you doing? You're a Christian. And then I think, how do we know? How do we know that they're a Christian? And sometimes it's just by the fruit. I mean, that's all I'll say is yeah. it doesn't seem like you are either. I will give kudos to Carter too. He does something that I feel uncomfortable with. You go to those places with people on social media pages, the ex-evangelicals who boldly state things. Mm -hmm. You always do it uh, in, in the nature of Jesus himself. You're just always very sweet with people and come to the table saying, you want to talk about this? Or even I'd be happy to exchange over email or we could FaceTime or not FaceTime, but Zoom, mm -hmm. something like that so we could connect. Sometimes you get a bite in terms of like people will actually, yeah, I'd like to do that. Usually I talk to people of a different faith and we align on so much, but then have the conversation about doctrine. Uh, but yeah, on TikTok, for example, you can just, you know, people go live yeah. and you can send a guest request and you can just talk to them face to face, video to video. And um, this I, is the way that people seem to be communicating nowadays, as opposed to, I mean, well, yeah. honestly, anything before five years ago. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is the new debate team. Yeah. This is the new forum for, I mean, this is where we're at. And I, so kudos to you for keeping it Christ like and Christ honoring. I am so uncomfortable. I mean, just get the cringies with this kind of forum because I know that I get frazzled. So it's not for me. I can't read comment yeah. sections or I, I'm so sensitive with that stuff. Now, maybe God's working on something with me so that maybe down the road, I'll have the thick skin that I need to have in order to sit there and be able to continue to share with people if I feel led by the Holy Spirit to do so. Yeah. Because it's going to either benefit the people listening or the person themselves that's spouting off. Well, it, it can it can be scary. And then I'll, I'll give you, I mean, uh, totally let you in on this. There, there was a ex-evangelical person that I had talked to and I had to unfollow her. It was just so every single, that was her account, right? That was her her whole account was based on, I'm going to tear down the church and mm. say that there's not a God. You see, I couldn't go. I well, and I did. I interacted for a while and I had to finally go, I'm sick of seeing this. It's just making me mad. She was so critical. Um, but um, there are parts of it that scare me. I'll even bring in, it's the conversation with the people of other faith, but um, the doctrine of baptism, for example, uh, that scares me to, uh, and there, there's many examples like this, but I'm just using this as one. Uh, to get into because it's so confusing. When you talk about the doctrine of baptism, you are talking about should we, shouldn't we, 
What does it mean? Yeah. Well, I think the Bible's clear we should, but do we have to mm-hmm. in order to, to be able to, to get to heaven? Yeah. And there are a lot of verses that seem to say the opposite. Mm. Uh, that's why it's important to. The know, opposite of what? Of each finish. other. Okay. Uh, one saying. Gotcha. Contradiction. Yes. And one saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we have to remember, just a little blurb on this, what we have to remember, which I honestly, it kind of changes my perspective of our culture, even our mm-hmm. church culture doesn't necessarily do it right. Back in the day, you would have a conversion, you would have people believe, mm-hmm. and they're sitting, they're probably outside. They just go get baptized literally right then. Mm. And nowadays, you know, we'll schedule it a week out. It's a ceremony. Or you do a new believers class and then six months down the road you get baptized. And so it's not the same. We have just to remember they just happen to do it right then. Mm -hmm. Anyways, that's all I'll say about that because we could have a whole podcast on the doctrine Mm -hmm. of baptism. And I'm sure even maybe you listening may not have the faith of the people I'm talking about, but you might feel that uh, baptism is or isn't required. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and again, that would be a whole podcast. And there'd be, be a whole series of podcasts. My point is, I'm scared to have that conversation because I feel that there's going to be a couple verses they bring up and I go, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I found it to be, you throw yourself in the fire. Yeah. You, you, and, and with anything, because whether it's faith or whether it's sports or whether it's cooking, you just got to go for it. I think ultimately... We have to just say that about a lot of stuff. Yes. Because if we don't, we're lying to ourselves. Oh, but the I don't know part. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. How did God create the world in in six days? I don't know. I don't know. And that doesn't prove or disprove Christianity because I don't know. I don't don't know the inner workings of my husband sometimes Uh on the thoughts. (laughs) That he That's has. so true. Yeah. Hey, why'd your husband do that? I don't know. I don't know. How many but, times you heard that? But do I know him? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. I've walked life alongside him long enough to know him. Yeah. And that's kind of where I have to land as a follower of Christ. And if if you've submitted to, yes, Jesus, I surrender all. I believe that you're the son of God and I'm, go, I'm all in with you. Mm-hmm. You are going to receive what I've just shared and say, yes, that's me too. Mm-hmm. If you are not a follower of Christ and you hear what I just shared, that is an easy out. Which part? The I don't know? I don't know. Oh, well, that's easy for you. Well, you don't know? You don't know? There's a lot of vague subtext in there, Rochelle. There's Mm. a lot of stuff I I don't know. So (laughs) I get it. It, And that's where, where I can become triggered with people because you're just trying to, I remember, I've shared this before, one of my dearest friends in college, she was not a believer, and she wanted to have some pancakes. So we went out to village Inn after college night and uh, we're talking faith. And I didn't know how in those moments, I wish I could go back and change some things, but God can use whatever stage of life you're in. Yeah. If he, for his purpose, all things together for good. Cause I love him. I was called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. But in that moment, I feel like I could have worded things a little differently because she went off on a topic. I mean, I said, sometimes, honey, you just have to stop thinking about the thing and just, I'm, I said, feel it. Okay. Not, I didn't, and in my mind, I'm thinking faith. Those are mm. things I'm thinking. And I said, feel it. And for some reason, that combo of not using your brain mm-hmm. and just going with feeling, clearly that impacted her in a bad way. And she was like, what you just said right there, no, no. And I mean, my eyes got super big because I thought, boy, I said something that didn't resonate the way I'd hoped it would. So I was trying to to help her get to that place of 
connecting with God on yeah. a level that meets him past anything that I can acknowledge. I mean, we talk about the peace that passes understanding is a part of scripture. Mm-hmm. It passes understanding at a certain point. You have to, it is, I believe, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it is so hard uh, that to, to first of all, know how the other person is um, to gauge. That's kind of where I take that advice of, of, of Paul, you know, I be I become whoever I'm with. I kind of become, and I and yeah. I, obviously it's not you're you're faking yourself or you're faking your person or your faith, but you will um, see how they appreciate and and take things. Right. And yeah, so we were kind of having this conversation between emotional uh, compared to analytical people, and uh, the apologetic side might work with more analytical people, and sounds like she might have been more of an analytical person. Oh, very. And, and that's, and that's it. But at the same time, you're so right. Well, we have to remember, and we've proven this true, even just what we, what, with what we've said on the radio before, uh, we'll do a, a, a break, we call it, um, a segment between songs Mm -hmm. that we're really excited about. And we'll just take just spiritual, uh, breaks that we talk about Mm -hmm. really passionate. doesn't seem like it goes anywhere. And then, you know, an hour or a show or a year later, We'll do something that just kind of, I just kind of came out, you know, just, oh, just a quick <laughs> thought I had. Uh, something I heard, oh, this might work. This is pretty good. I like this. This sounds, yeah, this inspired me. And all of a sudden, you get the most powerful email or or phone call mm-hmm. we've ever heard because we've seen God use our, used it. Our, our brokenness of trying to come up with something to say that yeah. day. And he used it. And so to your point, in, in these serious conversations with friends or family, he can use that for her to reflect on that conversation. Maybe late, maybe she's eating pancakes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's true. it brings back those memories of a, a college friend who maybe didn't say all the right words in the right moment. But I will also say this for living life alongside people: she will also remember me as a person who sincerely sought Christ. Yeah, and I think she mm-hmm. did respect that because she kept coming back to me. So she didn't believe in what I believed. Right. But she always, she would, we we connected. Mm-hmm. She wanted what I had, I think, just because she wanted to be in my presence. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't put her finger on it. Maybe it was just Rochelle's kooky and fun and it's your friend or whatever. I don't know. But I always, whenever people connect to you, don't think that that is just a, a happenstance thing. I think they're connecting to the Holy Spirit in you. And just like a cell phone gets charged when it's close to one of those charging pads, they get a little something. They get a little spark. I've thought a lot about that. I honestly, I'll just say, I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, okay. Which part? Well, I see uh, connecting. That they connect with the Jesus yeah. in you? Yeah, because I- have had it happen too many times, though. Yeah. Uh, personally. Now, maybe maybe that's a personality thing that perhaps that's a gifting that he's allowed me. Sure. Because people sure. seem to just connect to me. The other day, I go to the TSA to get pre-checked. Right. Uh, I'm enrolled so that I can go through the line a little easier. And I sit with an agent and all I did was say, how are you? And wow, 30 minutes oh. go by and she's the one talking. Yeah. I And she needed to just talk. And I asked me, I pray with you. I did not go in there with the intent of praying necessarily, you know, I, but that happens so much in my life, and it has zero to do with who I am 
and 100% to do with who Jesus is in me. And perhaps that's a gifting he's given me. Sure. So yeah. I, I I don't want to speak for all people. Perhaps you've Christ and you're like, I have never had that happen to me. Nobody's ever needed to be near me because of that. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've just, I've noticed that, that they, people crave Jesus, whether they know it or not. I love the song from Plum, God Shaped Whole. He he had his design in plan, in place. Mm-hmm. It got broken. We were designed for relationship, period. Right, right. With Adam, since Adam and Eve, when it got broken, they have been searching, people have been searching ever since to satisfy somehow that broken place, that, that God-shaped hole, and they're trying to fill it up. And when they meet somebody authentic, that, the, I don't know, whether they know it's like a subconscious thing or not, it's real. I've had them connect with me. I find a respect level, but I find, especially just with what, unfortunately, we know is going to happen, people reject God. Oh, they do. And I think they don't want to fill it with the right thing. They want to fill it with their own thing. That's that God yes. yeah, That's yeah. a good way of saying it. Because I've taken that. You remember that old song and, and the expression. That and, old and song. The, <laughs> it still feels kind of new to me. That's so sad. It's been 15 years, been, right? I think longer, actually. I'm kind of old now. Uh, she she plumb old. Don't now. judge Sorry, me. Okay. Don't condemn me. Um. So yeah, I'll I'll just make a judgment call. You're old. I don't <laughs> condemn you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um. But it's um. I think that would get me excited back in the day. I think here's about kind of going back to what we talked about before. The expectation. Okay. That would get me excited back in the day. Just show people that they're missing something. Mm. Oh no, no. No, people don't want to be told. Not only do they want to be told that, even if you get to a good conversation, I'm not saying yelling at people, saying you say a good conversation, Jesus is the answer. Yeah. No, you, you, some people, it will just be, like we said, the thing that you randomly said that gets them to look into the Bible, Mm -hmm. or some people just never will. And that hurts. It does. And for my expectation of, oh, God shape hole, we'll just fill it real quick. Hey. You heard about JC? Oh yeah. It won't. It it doesn't go like that. It's really important to to, yeah, emphasize what you're saying. People will fill it with everything but God. And they choose that. Yeah, because the enemy's working real hard too. Yeah, yeah. That's he true. wants you to fill it up with anything but God. Yeah. And you come along, and they can't put their finger on why they like you, especially if you're being real. If you're being like Jesus, they, and He says in His Word, you'll know. You'll know that you're my follower through the loving way that you present yourself to people. Mm-hmm. They know that there's something loving and wonderful about you, but maybe haven't put their finger on it. And maybe you're allowed an opportunity to speak into their life like I was with my friend. Yeah. Um, because she trusted me enough. She's like, I know what you are. I know you're a follower of Christ. I'll give you some some time at the table. You know why? Because I've seen you live life mm. and yeah. I like you. I think that's maybe a good way of saying it. It'll get you a seat at the table. It might get you a seat at the table. Now, there are other instances I've heard people in that moment, they felt like they were taken to a spot and time and they meet up with Joe Schmo comes walking by and all of a sudden they know that's the person I'm supposed to go talk to. Mm-hmm. I've heard those accounts. I've never had that happen. Right. Yeah, me neither. I think those to me in my life experience are fewer and far between than the ones where if you are faithful and obedient to Christ on a daily basis, you are living life alongside humanity. They will recognize him in you, whether they call it God or not. Mm-hmm. They'll recognize something different about you, and it may give you a seat at the table. Let me ask you something. Okay. Do you believe that you should teach or preach to people who have not put themselves in a student-type position 
under you? Um, yes, okay. I do. But I do agree that um, I would not continue if they do not want me to continue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. I, I think it's okay. one of those things like I think it's very easy to, you know, any news headline, for example, and somebody says, man, where's this world going? And then you say something like trusting God. And mm-hmm. then if they say, yeah, where's God? Well, then I go, well, actually, I, I believe it because I, you know, I, I think it's he's changed my life and I believe in the wealth of evidence of mm-hmm. the Bible. And then, you know, if the conversation goes somewhere, no, they didn't submit themselves as wanting to learn from me. Sure. But it did, a conversation did lead to it. And I think it, the gospel's information that people may not know about. I think your stance is right on the money. But I also think that maybe our definitions of what I'm talking about are a little bit different. When I'm t- when I'm saying teach, <sighs> people want they want well. We just talked about a seat at the table. They want to feel like we're equals. Here. Yeah. Oh yeah. But if I come under the leadership of somebody saying I would like to learn from you, a mentor in some way, like I'm going to acknowledge because I don't cook. I'm going to acknowledge right now that if Gordon Ramsay walked in. I need to sit down at the table and and learn from you. It's not going to be an equal situation, right? W- would you? <laughs> as long as he filters himself. Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I know his food speaks for itself. Uh-huh. And like when he's not on Hell's Kitchen, I, I hear he's a pretty nice guy. But anyway, um, I, I think it's, I, I was going over this in, in my, my quiet time. And just, I really don't know. If we think about that before we just get wound up and we go, has the person that we are talking to conveyed in some way, I really want to learn from you right now? I think what's hard, go ahead. Oh, or do we push them into this position? Why? Because we have such incredible things to share. We know the freedom in Christ. We want them to know. And that's all that's about. And so we have passion about it. But they haven't necessarily wait, wait, where is this coming from? I haven't agreed to this. So there is a portion of scripture where Jesus has a group following him because they're fascinated. He's talking like nobody's ever talked about before. Then he has a group of them, a pretty large one, after he starts speaking things that make them uncomfortable, walk away. Yeah. But, you know, we know about the disciples, they choose to stay. And the word disciple means student. They've chosen to put themselves under that authority and say, I want to learn from you. I see just a a um <clears throat> and more equal scenario I guess with Paul in okay. that writes a lot of the New Testament. Right. Because I see the um dare I even say veracity of which he spreads the message of Jesus and here's I think where we can find common ground. Because for a long time uh the context of him going into places was the forum for it. Mm-hmm. He's going into the synagogue. That's good. And yeah. men, often he's telling Jews, right. okay, listen, we're aligned all here, but the Messiah has come. Mm-hmm. And so there's this forum of, well, this is where the conversation takes place, mm-hmm. or even even in the town square or whatever, you know, because he wouldn't just go to to the Jews. He'd also go to people that weren't Jewish in Greece and other places. And it was always the forum for, or I think usually at least, the forum for, well, this is where conversation, you know, Athens, this is where free thinking happens. Yeah. yeah. And for a long time for us, well, I don't think we had common ground with that. Because you don't walk into a Walmart and do it. Uh, the closest thing I saw to it, although you see a lot of crazy people do this, um, is uh, the college campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's some great ones I've seen online. There's some crazy people that I've even witnessed in person. Uh, but then now here's the Internet. 
And what I see on mm. TikTok, for example, mm -hmm. it, people will put a filter behind them, like kind of like a Microsoft background, you kind of blur, you know, we can put words up above you. Okay. And so often it says, Jesus didn't exist. Prove me wrong. <laughs> and so, or I don't believe in God. Prove me wrong. Feels like an invitation to it, their it's table. It's a forum. Yeah. You know, and while they want to debate, sure. it's a great place to have a conversation. And like I said earlier, there's some that's like, this is going to go nowhere. Yeah. Then they're pretty vile. And how they, there's one guy, just the look in his eyes was such hate. Yeah. I had to, I, I just couldn't, I wanted to like chat and I just saw how he treats his guests. I mean, it's a show, if you will, but yeah. he treats his guests and I'm like, I'm not, it's just not going to happen. There's a me. passage in scripture that I think would directly relate to that. And, and it sounds harsh and ugly, but it, it, it is what it is. It's pearls before swine. Mm. When you cast the pearls out there and it's just thrown out there, you know, it's going to get trampled Yeah, because they're not in a place to receive it. Right. Now you, you and I've had this conversation. What if you went for it. You did have a conversation because they've invited you to a seat at their table. Yeah. And lo and behold, they're respectful enough to allow you to speak, even if they don't receive it. Yeah. There may be somebody that listening in would come along and dig up those pearls from the trampled ground. The, I, that might happen. We have uh, talked about a guy named William Lane Craig before, and he is a apologist, a debater. He's just incredibly intelligent. And he says, I've never proven, um, you know, I, when I debate atheists, I've never uh, proven my case to an atheist. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he feels like he has proven it, but the atheist never receives it mm -hmm. uh, like ever. But it, who's in the audience that has an open mind? Sure. And we think often in Christian culture about these really negative. In fact, my parents once had a pastor that all he seen all he preach about the atheists are ruining society. <laughs> the atheists, the biggest enemy. It's like okay, well, there are some people that will reject Christ and will never have an open mind. Uh, but what about the people that watch our engagement with them? Yeah. And can we not only have great apologetics and truth, but great um, candor and uh, humility and appreciation for the conversation? Yeah. I think to your point, the open forums, you're going to have all kinds. And it may be the, quote, uh, cultural place where we now gather. Yeah. Whereas, you know, with Paul in Athens, it was at, well, this is where they philosophize. This mm -hmm. is where we speak. Hey, what about this? But the reactions there are very much, I think, the same that we're going to, to get with online media. Mm -hmm. You're going to have the people who immediately dismiss wave you away and say, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. You're going to have the people say, I want to talk about this more. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have the people that say, I want to hear it now. Yeah. So it, depending on where that lands for you and wherever God has you, I mean, you may not be one of those people that searches out these types of things. Carter really is passionate about it, which I, I hugely admire. I'm also like, I can't do that right. I just can't. But uh, maybe I, I don't want to dismiss that. Like I can't never because God can't never. I can't never. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> but God may lead me in that way in the future. I don't sure. know. Yeah. Um, well, I think for most of us, it is a personal. What about our family members? What about sure. our next door neighbors? Sure. We do have to start there. We do. But here's my, to my point that I in, in asking the question in the first place. Those friends and neighbors, I equate them to the people that Jesus references when he says a prophet is never welcome in his own hometown. That's true. With his family and friends. They know you too well. So you are going to hit walls with your friends and family. They know you very well. They know all your skeletons. They know yeah. that scar that you got on your knee. 
because you did what your mom told you not to do, riding that mailbox like a horse, or and you did it. Jumped off a roof in the snow. I know you did that. I did that. Yes, you did. Yeah. And you filmed it and thought it was great and put it on YouTube. I, I, I'm 10 years removed for that, and I still think it's great. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> going to hide that from your son. But if, you're, if your friend has opened themselves up to saying, I would like to sit with you at this table, and they literally engage in conversation, they open the door of opportunity to you. In, in that way, I think they've opened themselves to, to now, I want to hear the message that you're sharing. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think it's not yet a student level. <laughs> so don't expect that. That's what I had to tell myself. Well, they should just know, know that this is the best thing for them. So now I'm going to teach them what's the right way to go. You should know this. Sure. Well, they don't. If they have not professed Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, they probably haven't read the scripture. Maybe they have. Perhaps they have. Maybe they've read it in a way that they've already made up their mind about it, though. So it's kind of jaded. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I want to be careful. You know, the the sign, tread cautiously. Just be careful. As you walk along, Holy Spirit, and I've done this as I've talked with people, Holy Spirit, saying this inside, please shut my mouth when I need to shut my mouth. Because there are people that are ready to receive their, their good soil. So right. It's going to be planted in a right. good place. And then there are people who are like, let's come back to this. Or there are people who might wave you away in, in an instant. And don't get riled up by it. They just are not posturing themselves in a place of, I want to be a student yet. And that's okay. That's okay. It's difficult because we don't have any bad examples of people overdoing it in Scripture that I can think of off the top of my head. But we have a lot of modern day terrible examples, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I, I can't get my mind around, like, I, for, I firmly agree and believe what we've shared. Our actions, walking it out, is going to get us that seat at the table with those around us. Mm-hmm. Fully believe that. And I don't think it should just be preaching, you know, only caring about the talk and not caring about the walk. At the same time, since the gospel is information, Mm -hmm. I for a long time thought, well, they'll find Christ through just me following Christ. Well, not really. I I don't have a lot of people that have all of a sudden gone, I now believe in Jesus because you bought me an ice cream. You are fighting. When you read through scripture, you are looking at a completely different culture system, structure, yeah. everything, yeah. everything. So now we're in Western civilization. It's 2022. By the way, if you're listening, it's 2022. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unless we're talking to you and it's 2050. And and yeah, go back with us in the past and maybe yeah. things have completely changed and elephants are taking over the world. I don't know. That, wow. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Why would you be listening to this podcast? Run! Yeah. I'll tell you who will never forget that event of taking over the world. The ele- the elephants. Oh man, I've I got a trunk full. That's enough. So uh, the point being, you are working at a completely different construct. Completely yeah. and different. That is true. So people, their entertainment were the guys claiming to be the Messiah. And they had heard of them a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of them coming around. Jesus was different. And this one. This one stuck and it was different in the messaging. Everything was different. And it, there was something, not just ear catching, eye catching, heart catching, everything. He was the whole package. And those who stuck out with him and saw it, they're like, this is the guy. This is the guy. And they had an idea of what that was going to be. He's going to help us take over the empire. He's going to help us do all these things. Messiah has prophesied he is going to put his enemies under his foot. They will be his footstool. 
of course, it did not happen that way. There was no military agenda. Mm -hmm. It was about the saving of mankind from damnation is what it was all about. Right. And, and honestly reaping the benefits until we get to heaven of knowing the Holy Spirit has helped her through all of the thick and thin of life. That's the benefit and the blessing, right? Here we are, Western civilization. We are past all of the crazy, look at the Roman Empire. There were, you were killed because you were a Christian or you were killed because you weren't a Christian. Mm. You go through those emperors. Then you go through the, the centuries of trauma, the church, the medieval times, the, the crusades, the, the different places the church has been in their stances of things. You've got Martin Luther hammering the thesis. You've got all of this stuff to get us to the place where we are today. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of assumptions in Western culture about what is right and what is wrong. And most of it is based on a Christian foundation, Christian principles. People wouldn't necessarily testify to that. But now that we have opened the door to saying, well, wait a second, are we cramming Jesus down people's throats? Let's listen to what other people have to say, which honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think Jesus would welcome questions. Now, he would sometimes answer, especially knowing the spirit of the person, if Mm -hmm. they came in an attack position. Sure. He knew the heart of man and he knew when the Pharisees and Sadducees came to fight. And, And then there were those who came to listen and fellowship. And I think he would be able to diagnose the difference between the two and never be threatened or intimidated by a different faith or positioning, I think he'd be, let's talk about this. But because we do this pendulum swing where we go from one extreme to the next. So if let's say we've pendulum swung, everything now has to be Christ or you're going to die, which is literally happened in history over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Or now we're totally reversing that and getting as far away from Christ. And you are not woke if you don't think that it's this way or that you do you. Where in the world? I can't find any of these things in Scripture. Yeah. That the support either way. It says that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Absolutely. Where is their life when we, when we strip people of their right to choose? That's death to me. And Jesus would tell you himself, Everything started with the choice in the garden. We just chose wrong yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, no, absolutely. Free will is such a, such an important part and, of the and, story. And honestly, those who are woke would probably, or not woke, that's that's the wrong term for the people I'm thinking of, but people who might come to the table with ex, ex-evangelicals might claim, well, free will isn't a thing, or they would claim, well, if it is a thing, what about predestination? Bring up all these other questions. It can yeah. get super confusing. Oh, there's hard questions. In those forums. But, but I think what I see you talking about is um, for the masses, absolutely. But I think, and I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think. For the of, masses, uh, what do you mean? Well, yeah. like if, if we're saying as a government, you have oh, to uh-huh. be a Christian or be in jail right, or be executed. Right. No, because it comes down to genuine faith. So sure. that's not, that doesn't work anyway. Right, right. Um and, and but, you know, from a more individual level, I'm just trying to think, I mean, to be honest with you, I just see a lot more people and I include myself in this camp as those that never bring up the subject because it'll be socially awkward now more, yes, more yes. than I see somebody at work being abrasive and saying, you better get right. Because I think even just at the, the turn of the century, last century. No, that's not what I want to say. I want to say, let's go back to the 50s. I think it was assumed. Every, just everybody's a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're you're not 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you weren't following a path of, quote, Christianity. You went to church or said you did. You went to you church, did. you were a good right. Christian. Yeah. And that's what you believed. Nowadays, we're starting to see, and, and to me, whether people are like, that's why it's called the golden age. No, 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 no. Because we're still, we're in the thick of it, even in those years, mm-hmm. with degradation, segregation, mm-hmm. with just all these horrible things that we're still needing to to write in some way, or at least say, whoa, time mm-hmm. out. This is not of Christ either. So then we do, like, this is the pendulum swing I'm talking about. It's these extremes. Well, so if you go to church, then all of these people are just cramming this down your throat. So that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there's this horrific feeling against the church uh, in mass that never existed before. There's this hippie movement that takes place because it's like, I don't see love being preached from the pulpit. I hear about sulfur and damnation Mm, and hellfire and all this stuff. And so it's like, okay, when we see a problem, instead of doing what I think doctors do well, when you diagnose an issue, sometimes there are extreme treatments. But I think they would probably, let's try this and see if this helps. I know that this is something that um, that they've done r- routinely with my family anyway, when there's a problem. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try doing this. Let's see if this works. And it's incremental. It's not giant pendulum swing, right? Otherwise, that's a jolt to anybody's system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just need to, to take a sec and say, Jesus... Am I in the right here? I read it in scripture, so it has to be right. I've said that. Mm-hmm. I've read it in scripture, so it has to be right. Now, that statement itself can be right. <laughs> is right. But did you hear the weirdness of my voice? What was my heart like when I was saying it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to cram down this truth down your throat mm-hmm. because it's what the Bible says. That is not, that's not, that's not the spirit of Christ. Jesus never did that, ever. Sure. He did sure. not force people to follow him. He did not force people to pick up their cross. Do you, but do you, you see know? a problem with that? I, I, not a problem with that. Do you see a problem with that today? I just don't see it. What do you mean? Like people cramming Jesus down their throat? I don't see that. I do think we're becoming siloed. Now, that's me speaking from, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some pastors listening, if they're listening, might think, no, I don't know about that. But I do think because... Our voice is being more and more criticized as Christ followers in these larger social media settings. What seems to be the publicized view, uh, at least anyway, from the perspective of Hollywood, we get huge criticism. Sure, sure. Um, there are. It seems like if there are a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ in Hollywood, they're they don't really speak out because for crying out loud. Talk about being, and, and forgive me, but be, taking up your cross and being crucified. It's it's brutal out there. Mm. And you're just associated as a Christ follower with all of the negative things that have been associated with the church. And have had, yes, have taken place in the church in the past, mm-hmm. but you're just lumped in there with everybody. You're not sought out as an individual. Tell me about your relationship with Christ. That doesn't happen. If you go to this particular church and they shared their LGBTQ stance then you're automatically just, oh, you you hate all people. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's no conversation had. It's yeah, just I think that assumed. happened with Chris Pratt. Right? It did. Uh, so, but that's, I guess what I'm saying, you mentioned Hollywood with that. Yeah, it was I, an example. Uh, yeah, it's a good one because I think that's our culture. 
It's yeah. becoming day by day. And I guess that's why. So the silo thing. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I lost track a little bit. So let me explain what I mean. I think what do we do when we experience pain as human beings? What do we do? We we hold ourselves. We get in defense mode. And we kind of, all right, let's gather with people that agree with us. Now, there, of course, there are amazing movements, people out there witnessing, loving on people missionaries, uh, not just outside of our country, in our country, getting on the streets and serving others. Absolutely. But I think um, when we lick our wounds in in pain, because it's like, gosh, I don't want to say anything to offend. It feels like an, uh, we're walking on eggshells lately as opposed to pavement. Yeah. With Whenever we bring up Christ, it's usually not received well. And of course, Jesus said himself, you will be persecuted. In my name, you will be. And so it's to be anticipated. But a human response to pain is to kind of hole up somewhere. So you get into these little places. Yeah, that's good. And that might be one of the reasons why our voice isn't as loud. And so it doesn't get as critical. So maybe maybe that's our own pendulum swing. We go from speaking boldly about what scripture says and our pendulum swing is, well, for crying out loud, let's pick and choose where we go bold because we're going to get hammered for it. Yeah. And so maybe it's not as loud. I, I don't know. I think that would be just that as we kind of explored this and talked about that, and this has been a great conversation. It's just, yeah, perhaps because of the way the culture went, the pendulum was assuming everybody's a Christian mm-hmm. and judging them if they weren't. Mm. To now, and the culture, some of it's not necessarily Christian's fault, just the culture has swung so much. Sure. And now Christians and and, Christ, and Christians that have been raised this way to, um, you know, what do they say on, on a date, on a first date? You don't bring up religion or politics. You, you don't yeah. bring up religion, politics, or money. And that... I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because if you want to end up with somebody yeah. that is, you know, feels believes the same way that you do, you yeah. probably would should bring up faith. <laughs> if I could just bring up this one thing before, you know, next week I'd love to talk a little bit about two brothers who saw things differently, and I think that's what we're talking about right now: brothers that see things differently. I mean, all people see things differently. We're individuals for a reason, and honestly, instead of celebrating that, we just we get um, we get on the offense about it, and we don't have to. So I'd like to talk about Jacob and Esau next week. But um, what happens when the pendulum stops swinging? The word just came to me. It's at rest. And I I think we're only going to find that in Jesus. Come to me, all who are weary, and you will find rest. Mm -hmm. There is a balance to it. Because you said the swing of everybody's a Christian, but you're all going to hell if you don't accept it. It's kind of like the, the misnomer. Everybody thought that that's... If you're in the church, that's probably what you're going to say out loud, mm. at least the way it's represented from our past. And then we pendulum swing to now everything's okay. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Let We try to overcorrect. And what do you do? You overcorrect. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, in me, you will find rest. And so we have to, we have to stop. Mm. Where's the balance? In him. Yeah, that's good. Uh, well, thank you. This has been uh, a lot of fun, and we'll see you next week the Anything But Quiet Time podcast.